How many love the Lord this morning? Amen. He's so good to us, isn't he? Uh, I mean, I, I love God. I love what he's done for us in our lives. And uh, amen. we're, we're going to kick back off and uh, kick back off. We're going to uh, continue on, uh, if you will, with uh, this, this uh, a series on, on the book of Genesis, really in the beginning uh, is, uh, is kind of the title. We're just kind of going through the first few chapters here of the, of the book of Genesis and uh, I love this part. I love this part of the uh, of the Bible. As we've talked about, the book of Genesis is really foundational uh, to the Word of God. It's really foundational to some of the doctrines and some of the uh, the teachings and things that we see later on, even in the Old Testament, but also even over into the New Testament. Uh, we've seen uh, uh, how God has moved and and and, uh, and worked through the beginning here and through the, the history. And he's given to us in his word. Uh, and I love this first chapter of, of the book of Genesis. It starts out, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We, it doesn't leave any uh, question marks in our minds. You know, it doesn't uh, set out, the Bible doesn't set out to try to prove God's existence. We come to the Bible understanding that God is, uh, and as the writer of Hebrews says, is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But as we go through this first chapter of Genesis the Bible says God creates, begins to create the heavens and the earth. And he gives us an account of how he creates this. And it's a seven-day process that God goes through here that's described uh, by the writer of Genesis here. And he says, on day one, God said, let there be light. And the Bible says there was light. And we've talked about that verse before. And uh, on the second day of creation... Bible says that God made a, a difference, a distinction between he created a firmament, basically the atmosphere of the sky that we see uh, in the air up there today. Uh, he separated that from the waters that were underneath. And then on day number three, God began to make dry land appear and uh, vegetation began to grow on, uh, on the earth and those kind of things. And then as we pick up on day number four, uh, we, we start to see a parallel uh, back with the first three days of creation. The first three days of creation are about creating something new than uh, uh, and creating a space and, a, and an environment uh, for things to thrive and for things to grow. Uh, then on the second three days of creation, we begin to see God fill that creation with uh, with different creatures and different things and uh, uh, and, and different phenomena in the in, in the in the outer space and in, in the universe that's out there. Amen. And so on day number four, which kind of parallels back with day number one, uh, where God said, "Let there be." Then on day number four, he fills the heavens with the, the sun, the moon, and the stars. He makes a, a way for us to get to, uh, to be able to tell times and seasons and those kind of things. And day number five, which corresponds back to day number two, where God separated the sky, if you will, from the waters beneath. He creates the birds that fly in the sky, and he creates the fish that swim in the water. And then on day number six, uh, uh, is, uh, which corresponds back to day number three, God created animals that would uh, live on the land, those that, uh, uh, with the cattle and all those kind of things that we think about today. And then on day number six, it really what is the pinnacle of God's creation, he creates man. And the Bible says he forms man. If we were to uh, flip over there, we don't, uh, you don't have to flip there with me today. In fact, if you have your Bibles, just turn to Genesis chapter number one. We're going to pick up there in just a minute. But the Bible tells us later on that God formed man of the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul or a living being. And so uh, we, we, we're going to talk a little bit about something this morning, uh, a subject uh, on uh, uh, the creation of man and what it means for us to be that creation. What is our role? What is our responsibility uh, as the creation of God? We're going to talk a little bit about that. And so, so far in this uh, uh, series, we've talked about the majesty of God as our creator. We've talked about the first law of God given in the Garden of Eden, how Adam and Eve disobeyed it, uh, but how Christ brings us true freedom through his grace and through his mercy. Uh, and today we're going to talk about the subject of the image of of God. In fact, uh, uh, more clearly stated this morning, being made in the image of God. What does that mean? So Genesis chapter number 1, if you have your Bibles, turn with me there. Uh, and we're going to pick up reading at verse number 26. Verse number 26. Praise God. I'm reading out of the King James Version this morning. Genesis chapter number 1, verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image, 
after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Amen. Let's pray together this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, God, just for a few minutes this morning, God, I ask you, Lord God, to bless me, God, to anoint me, God, to speak and to preach, God, the, the, the word that you've laid upon my heart, God, today, and uh, the word, God, today, that is spirit and that is life, God, and that can change our hearts and lives and minds, God, today. God, I ask you, Lord God, just to uh, strengthen, God, us, God, and help, God, and bless, God, those that are the listeners, God, today, God, to receive this word into our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name, we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. Let me know you're live, amen, out there this morning. Amen. It's good to have you, amen, today. We're going to talk about, amen, the image of God this morning. The first thing we're going to talk about, uh, uh, really going to talk about a couple things. We're going to talk about the creation of the image of God. We're going to talk about the, the distortion of the image of God. And then we're going to talk about the restoration of the image of God. So as we kick it off this morning, uh, the creation of the image of God. What does it mean that we are created in the image of God? First, being made in the image of God means that we are reflectors of His glory. Reflectors of His glory. What does that mean? Well, has anybody ever taken a mirror or taken a, a, a magnifying glass or a piece of glass or something and, and, uh, and, and, and reflected the sun in just such a way that you can create a beam of light? In fact, if you do it just right, amen, I don't know that I've ever done it personally, amen, but if you do it just right, amen, and you focus that light beam uh, on something, you can actually make a fire if you're out camping or whatever the case may be, or you can torment ants. I've seen people do that before as well. Nobody here has done that. I mean, I'm sure, amen, but uh, there's power in that. When you reflect the light that comes from the sun, amen, you can, uh, you can focus that light in on something, and you can make a change uh, in whatever it is that you're focusing that light in on. And so we as Christians, uh, amen, are not the source of the light. We are not the light itself. We are simply reflectors of the light from the sun, the S-O-N, who is shining down or should be shining down on our lives. Uh, and when he does, and when he does it in a way, amen, and we allow Allow him to do it in a way that is uh, that is right and that is proper in our lives. Uh, amen. There is power. Amen. And there is uh, anointing and there's strength and there's glory and there's all those things uh, that can work through our lives uh, and that can impact somebody else's life. Uh, not because of what I'm capable of doing, but because of what he's capable of doing. We are reflectors of that light. Amen. As imagers of God. We reflect His light, when we, when we reflect His light in the right way, excuse me, we display, the, we display God's glory to the world. Another way of saying this is that we were created to reflect God's character. Now, the first thing I want to I talk about, just a couple things here today. And we're going to talk about how the image of God has been distorted in our lives because of sin. But uh, we're going to focus in on a few things today in the way God created us initially and what he expects amen from us i believe and what he created us in the beginning to be first of all i mean we can say that we're reflectors of god's character because we are created as not just physical beings but as spiritual beings as well now we know first and foremost that the bible says in john actually jesus said in john chapter 4 verse 24 that god is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth so there are ways that we are like God in the image of God, but there are also ways that we are not like God. So let me just go ahead and, and uh, just put that out plain this morning. Ain't none of us in here God. Amen. I'm sorry to my Mormon friends. Amen. If you have any, amen, we're going to pray for them. I'm sorry for my Mormon friends. Ain't none of us going to become God. Okay. You're not going to rule over a planet one day. Amen. It's not going to happen in that direction. Amen. There is only one God. And that's him up there, amen, and we're to worship him, amen. But we are, he's spirit. We are created as a physical being, but also, as you remember back in uh, Genesis chapter number 2, verse 7, that I quoted a minute ago, that when God created man, he breathed into him the breath of life, and the Bible says man became a living soul. So not only are we physical in our existence, we are, but we're also spiritual. There is an immortal soul 
that is on the inside of every single one of us that are here today. Amen. And that soul is going to spend eternity in either one place or the other, ultimately. This body is going to be done away with. It's going to be changed. In the moment in the twinkling of an eye, this physical body of flesh and blood is going to be done away with. And the Bible says we're going to receive a glorified body that's going to be able to live for eternity without sin, without sickness, without any of those restrictions that we have on our lives today. Amen. But first and foremost, in the, in the image of God, in the picture of who He is, God created us a little bit different than the rest of creation. You know, I've had this conversation with people before, and y'all don't get upset with me. But Fido the dog does not have a soul. Okay? All right? Nobody get mad. Amen. The, the cat, amen, running around the house does not have a soul. Not in the way we have a soul, okay? Jesus didn't come to die for dogs and cats and all those kind of things. I mean, God has a special place in his heart for his creation. Creation is going to be there, amen, for eternity. The lion's going to lay down with the lamb. The bear's going to run around. I mean, we're going to have a good time in God's creation in eternity uh, in that renewed uh, uh, Garden of Eden, if you will, amen, that is coming one day. But there is something special about the human race, the human beings that God created. He placed within us a soul that is capable, amen, of living for eternity and capable, amen, of being in that place that he wants us to be for eternity. Number two, God created us as moral beings. You have a free will today, amen. It's something unique that God gave, amen, to us as human beings, amen, the ability, amen, to have a conscience and to be able to make moral decisions and and in that way, we can be reflectors or imagers of God's light uh, and God's love in our life, amen, through things like uh, His mercy, His gentleness, His goodness, His faithfulness, His patience. Uh, as, as imagers of God, of those created in the image of God, amen, we can be reflectors, amen, of His goodness, His love, and His mercy, amen, in our lives, amen. Number three, God created us as intelligent beings. Now, somebody said, well, everybody ain't taking advantage of that one. But God created us as intelligent beings, amen, and God himself is an intelligent being. In fact, we've said before, amen, in the last couple of weeks, he is omniscient. That means he knows everything, amen. There's not a math equation that he cannot solve, amen. There is nothing that our God does not know and our God cannot do, amen. And he created us in his image and in his likeness as intelligent beings, amen. God gave us the ability to think and to reason. God gave us uh, uh, even this in, in a greater measure. We see it in the animal kingdom. In fact, we went on a trip. Uh, some of you know we went on a trip to New Orleans this past, uh, uh, this past week, Thursday and uh, Friday, and came back yesterday uh, to, uh, to celebrate Allie's birthday and uh, uh, just to kind of get away and have a few days away as a family. And uh, uh, one of the things that we did is we went to the zoo uh, in, in New Orleans. And uh, uh, I think we had, I don't know that I've ever been there before. I think Tapton and the girls had been there uh, before. I didn't really remember it, but as we... And then to begin to go around, I mean, they had the first kind of area we went into uh, was the primates. And so there were all kind of monkeys and there were gorillas. And I don't remember some of the names of some of the other ones. But, I mean, you begin to look around and see, I mean, just watching the activity of these animals, you could see the intelligence that was there. I mean, this thing had figured, I mean, some stuff out. I mean, there was one that was laying on his back up on a thing. And then the other one was picking it like it was picking the fleas off of it. Hey man, another one was just laying there like, man, this feels good. <laughs> hey man, the other one had taken some, it had to figure out how to climb up on this thing and get to the area where the food was and, you know, peel it off, hey man, and get what they needed out of it. There was intelligence you could see in God's creation, even in the animal kingdom and the animal world. But God has given us, as his imagers, God has given us the ability to think and to reason above even that which he has given, amen, to the animal kingdom. Thank, somebody say, thank God for that, amen. We've got some intelligence, maybe, amen. Maybe everybody don't use it the way they should, amen. But we've got some there if, God, if we'll allow God to use it in our lives, amen. Amen. Number four, God created us as creative beings. God gave us the power of creativity. Now, in the beginning... God created everything out of nothing. Ex nihilo. I mean, I think it's not how you pronounce it, but basically it just means he created something out of nothing. He spoke it into existence and it was. Amen. I don't have the power to do that today. <laughs> he does. But what I do have the, the power to do as an imager of God is to be creative. 
and to take the things and the resources that God has already put at our disposal. And we can do things as human beings that some of us never thought in our lifetimes we would be able to see. I mean, who thought this 40 years ago? I mean, there's a, there's a computer, essentially, inside this little box that used to fit in this room. And the one that fit in this room wasn't as powerful as this one. Amen? We as human beings are creative. God has given us the ability. That car you came in today is a creative masterpiece, amen, of, of engineering and, 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 uh, uh, and just the ingenuity of man's mind that he is able to create these things and able to do these things. These shirts that we're wearing this morning, amen, are the product of creativity, amen, in someone's mind and someone's heart, amen, and that is a, a reflection of the image of God that is inside every single one of us today. Not only that, amen, not only just creative beings, but he's also created us as relational beings. God created us, first and foremost, to be in fellowship with him. Amen? And when God created Adam and Eve, it was perfect in the Garden of Eden. That's been distorted. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. Amen? But God created us to be in fellowship with him, first and foremost. God also created us as human beings, as his imagers, to be in relationship with one another. We see it from the very beginning of the Bible. I told you a couple weeks ago, in the beginning, God, the first four words of the Bible tell us a lot about who God is. In the beginning, God, God, God was not created. God is the creator. Amen? God did not start existing at some point in time. God exists before time. God, there's never been a time where God has not existed. In the beginning, God. And we see in that word God, the word Elohim in the Hebrew is plural. When he says here in the verse that we read just a few minutes ago, let us make man in our image. All right? God doesn't have a multiple personality complex. What is it telling us? It's telling us that God, something about his nature, that he is three in one. We can see from the very beginning, we read it a couple weeks ago, how John talks about in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. goes on to verse number 14, And the Word became flesh, Jesus Christ, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We see from the very beginning of Scripture, the first four words of the Bible, that there is this interrelational uh, personality thing, uh, divine persons of the Trinity going on in the very beginning of the Bible, in the very beginning of the Word of God. So just as there is relation between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, there is to be relation between us as human beings and as individuals with Him and with others. Amen. And that's how God has created us to be. Now, we could go on this morning. We talked about how God has created us as spiritual beings, moral beings, intelligent beings, creative beings, relational beings. I mean, we could keep going this morning. Amen. For sake of time, we're just going to, amen, move on to another point. But the point is this. I want you to see how God, how we are created in the image and in the likeness of God. The problem is this. Amen. It also means that we have been called to be his representatives on earth. And so when we get in this problem of this distortion of the of the image of God, amen, we're going to see we're, we've got a problem going on here. God gave Adam and Eve in, in, in the beginning here, as we see in these first couple verses that we read here. God gave Adam and Eve authority over the earth. He gave them dominion over the entire earth and told them to fill it and subdue it. In other words, he gave them dominion or authority over the created order. And with great authority comes great responsibility. Amen. We are called to be good stewards of God's creation and the resources that he has blessed us with. Amen. He has called us to be good stewards. We are also called to be his representatives in our dealings with other human beings. So we're to be his representative represent his character, that image of God that God has cre created and placed inside of us. We're also, amen, to be his imager, amen, a reflection of him and his representative in how we relate to one another. Amen. Why, 
Why is that important? Let me give you an example, an illustration this morning. Some of you that are sports fans in here will remember this name, Michael Vick. Remember Michael Vick? Michael Vick was a, 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 a superstar quarterback. He played at Virginia Tech in college. He went on, was drafted into the NFL, and I think initially he was drafted into the Atlanta Falcons, if I got it correct. Amen. And then uh, somewhere around 2006, amen, he had, um, he had risen to kind of prominence, and, and he, he created something different and something new at the quarterback position uh, and made the quarterback position somebody who was also a running threat, not just a throwing threat. And in 2006, he eclipsed a plateau that I'm, I'm not sure anybody else had ever done before. Maybe they had, but he broke 1,000 yards rushing in a single season in the NFL as a quarterback. Hey Amen. He was on top of his game, had everything that he wanted, had everything that he needed. This man had endorsement deals with Rawlings and Nike and all of these places. I mean, not only did he have his NFL salary, which was pretty good, <laughs> He also had all these endorsement deals. Nike was paying him, amen, to, amen, to endorse their products. Rawlings, all these kind of things. Why? Because, amen, just like the other one, everybody wanted to be like Mike. Everybody wanted to be like Michael Vick. All the kids growing up on the playground, amen, wanting to play football, wanted to be like this guy. In 2007, Michael Vick pled guilty to his role in a dogfighting ring. And he spent... I think it was somewhere around the neighborhood of almost two years. I think it was 21 months, if I remember the story correctly, in federal prison for his role in his activities in the dogfighting ring. For that period of time, he lost his contract with the NFL. Now, later on, I think the Philadelphia Eagles picked him up. Somebody else picked him up after he got done with all this. But, amen, in this period of time, he lost his NFL contract. That money was gone. Not only that, all the endorsement deals that he had, Rawlings, Nike, and all the other ones, they dropped him. Immediately. Why? Because they didn't want Michael Vick to be the face of their product any longer. Because they believed that if we continue to have Michael Vick wearing our shirts and wearing our shoes and out there in the commercials, then when people see us, they're going to see what he did. They're going to see that dogfighting ring. They're going to see the, the wrong that he did. He could no longer be the representative for those companies because there was something that had changed in his life. I mean, there was a place and a time, I mean, in his life where he was doing well and he was on top and he was good and he was a role model and he was all those things. But something happened, something distorted the view that people had of his life because of what he did. When you represent someone, everything you do reflects on that person. I'm going to say that again. When you represent someone, everything you do reflects on that person. God created humanity in his image in order to represent him and declare his glory on the earth. The unfortunate truth, however, is that sin, which was introduced in the Garden of Eden, has distorted that image of God that is within us. So I want to talk about that subject just for a minute this morning, the distortion of the image of God. First of all, Adam and Eve were originally created perfect by God. No sin, no shame, perfect relationship with God, perfect relationship with God's creation, and perfect relationship with each other. But sin distorted that image, amen, of God that was in their life. It's like, uh, uh, it's a little bit like uh, mirrors at the funhouse or at the fair. You ever been there? <laughs> You ever walk through those places, amen, they got the mirrors that are, amen, they, they're shaped kind of oddly and they got different, amen, shapes and things to them, amen, and you walk up to them, amen, you can be six foot three, amen, like I am, and you walk up to a certain mirror and it makes you look like you're about three foot tall, right? Amen. Or the other way around, amen. It, it, it distorts the image, amen, that is there, amen. The same thing happened to us because of sin. What happened in the Garden of Eden, sin entered into the equation. Sin has been passed down from Adam, amen, to every single one of us that are sitting here today, amen, through the sinful nature, amen. And, uh, and uh, that, that, that sinful nature, that sin that is in our life has distorted, amen, the image of God that is inside of us. Because no longer do I... Amen, as Adam and Eve did in the garden, have that perfect relationship with God. Because sin, if we'll be honest, sin separates us from God and it separates us from relationship, 
amen, with him, amen. It hinders our fellowship with him, amen. And even after, we see it immediately happen with Adam and Eve. Immediately afterwards, God pronounces judgment on Adam, Eve, and the serpent, representing Satan. And immediately, God sends Adam and Eve out of the garden. And he sets cherubim there at the entrance with swords turning every way, right? To keep the way, to keep them out of. Because God said, lest now they take of the tree of life and live forever in this sinful condition that they're in. God had a plan, like I talked about last week. I mean, God had a Messiah that was going to come on the scene, amen, one day. We know who that is, and we know, amen, how that came to be, amen. But there was a distortion of the image of God that was in their lives. They could no longer have that fellowship with God in the way, amen, that they once had it before. It also distorts not only our relationship with God, but our relationship with ourselves, How you view yourself. I think, we mentioned, I think we talked a little bit about this Wednesday, so I won't harp on this point too long. How you view yourself, amen, says a lot about your relationship with God. Now, I'm not saying it's not okay sometimes, you know, that we don't all sometimes reach those places where we get a little down or we get a little depressed or we feel a little, amen, distraught or about different things. Amen. What I'm saying is, Amen. Those that have just so low self-esteem or self-consciousness, amen, that uh, they don't truly realize and know who they are. We used to sing a song to the church. I mean, I think it's Casting Crown songs. Casting Crown song. Who am I? You know, and it's the. It goes along with the story of Moses. I mean, saying, God, who am I that you would call me? Who Who am I that you would, you know, reach out to me? I, I'm a man of slow speech and. You know, I, I can't do any of these kind of things. And, you know, a lot of times it's okay to be, as we talked about on Wednesday nights, you know, poor in spirit and meek and humble uh, and uh, mourn over our sinful condition. But there's also a part of us that must know and must understand who we are. You're not a mistake. God doesn't make junk. God doesn't make mistakes. The Bible says you and I are fearfully and wonderfully made. See, God doesn't make errors, and God doesn't make mistakes. And if, if you're feeling like, amen, you get in those moments, and you're feeling like you're just completely worthless, and there's nothing good in your life, amen, and uh, amen, you're so down on yourself, and you don't have that relationship, if I can say it this way, with yourself, uh, to even love yourself and know who you are in God... I don't believe you can have the right relationship with him or with others that you need to have. Amen. You've got to know and understand. You know what? I am nothing without him. He's the vine. I'm the branches. But I also know this. Amen. That I am fearfully and wonderfully made in him. And that God has a plan and a purpose for my life. And God has put me on this planet for a reason and for a purpose. And as long as I'm sitting back, amen, and worrying about, amen, this, that, or the other, or worrying about my, amen, lack of ability in this area or that area of my life, amen, and I just, uh, amen, refuse to step out by faith and let God begin to work in my life, I mean, I'll never accomplish, I'll never do, I'll never be what God wants me to to be. So there's a part to play in this. I don't have any role in, in, in determining I mean, what gifts and talents and abilities and things that God places upon my life. But I do have the responsibility to walk it out. See, that's the thing about God sometimes. We think, you know, God's just going to come down one day and he's just going to, you know, pour it on us and there it is. He might. I think he's probably more, more often than not, waiting on us to take that step out of the boat, to step out by faith and trust God for what he wants to do in our lives. Amen. And not worry about, amen, what my past says that I am. Not worry about what the world says that I am. Not worry about what the church says that I am. But only worry about what who, amen, he is and what he says that I am. Amen. And stand up and say, you know what? I might be a mess sometimes. I might not have it all together. Amen. I might need some help every once in a while. Amen. But thanks be to God, amen, that I'm just not a cosmic coincidence. I'm not just 
just, uh, amen, an accident uh, of some atoms coming together, uh, amen, and coming together, amen, and forming some ape uh, and coming out of an ape. No, uh, I am the creation uh, of an almighty God uh, who loves me uh, and cares for me and has a plan for my life. Man, you are created in the image of God. Sin has distorted it in our relationship with Him, with God, with ourselves, and of course with others. The idea of us being made in the image of God is not just an Old Testament idea. It's also found in the New Testament in the New Covenant. In fact, in James chapter number 3, verses 8 through 9, the Bible says this, But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith we curse men which are made after the similitude of God, who are made in the image of God. See, the problem is this. Sin distorts my ability to be able to reason and be able to think and be able to reflect the character of God in the right way because what happens is when sin comes into my life, uh, amen, I will, amen, with the same tongue, come on, somebody help me preach this morning. It's going to be okay. We're going to get through this point. Amen. I can stand up here this morning and I can proclaim the word of God and I can stand in a worship team and I can lift my hands, amen, and praise and worship an almighty God, amen, and bless God. And I could turn around and leave this service. And the writer here says, with that same tongue, I can curse the people who are made in the image and in the likeness of God. These things ought not be. That's what he says. Amen. What is that? That is the distortion that sin has placed upon the image of God that is in our lives. Let me tell you something. Amen. When you truly believe this statement that every single human being on this planet is born in the image and the likeness of God. Much like he says, amen, here, the, the writer James writes in chapter number three, when you truly believe that, you'll look at people different. You'll treat people different. You know, you know we talk about, I mean, I, I don't have time to really get into it this morning, but Amen. One of the things that we could launch off into in these verses, amen, that we're talking about here in the book of Genesis and how we're made in the image and the likeness of God is the topic of abortion. Amen. And it's one of those hard subjects. Not everybody wants to talk about it. Everybody wants to kind of shy away from it sometimes. It's, but if we look at what God's word has to say about it, I think it's very plain and very clear to us. Amen. That God created that little baby, I'm just, just going to say it like it is, in the image and the likeness of God, from the moment of conception, I believe that that is a creation of Almighty God. And any type of abortion, I mean, we could, we could argue, you know, say for uh, and in situations where the life of the mother is at risk and uh, those kind of things, you're having to make those kind of decisions. I thank God I've never had to make that kind of decision. That'd be uh, one of those things. I don't know how you make that decision. I mean, now you got a lot of prayer, I guess. I don't know. Amen. But we know, you know, probably what would take place in our own minds. We know in our own hearts how we feel in that situation. Amen. We could talk about abortion and we could look at, amen, those that have had abortions. Or we could look at those that, amen, participate in abortion, the doctors, the nurses, the clinics, and all the things that are going on out there. And it's easy for us that are, you know, um, in a southern, you know, biblical, Pentecostal, holiness, whatever you want to call it, Christians, to say abortion is wrong. It's killing a baby. It's, it's murder. It's sin. It's wrong. But when you truly understand the phrase, that every single one of us is made in the image and in the likeness of God. We can look at it and say, abortion is wrong. But I can also look at the one who has had the abortion and say, God loves you. God came to redeem you. You can look at the one, amen, that's participated in those things. And you say, you know what? They're made in the image and likeness of God. God died for them just like he died for me. 
You see, when we start to understand what it means to be made in the image and the likeness of God, it'll change the way we think about other people. I'll no longer look down my nose at somebody else to say, how in the world could they have done something like that? And I'll look at them and I'll look at myself in the mirror and I'll say, how in the world could I have done what I've done in my life? And yet God forgiven me and redeemed me out of sin and out of darkness. Brought me out of darkness into the kingdom of his son Jesus Christ. And that God loves that person that's done that thing just like he loves me. Is it sin? Yes. Is it redeemable? Yes. Does God love them? Yes. Did God create them in his image and in his likeness? Yes. It'll change the way I think. I won't look at that. I mean, we saw a lot of it this weekend or this week. I won't look at that homeless man that's walking down the street in the same way that I used to look at him. The guy that walks up to my car door and knocks on the window and says, Can I, at the red light, and says, Can I wash your window? I won't look at him the same way. Where I used to go, Man, get out of here. I ain't got time for you. Hey, man. Roll down the window and say, Man, how you doing? Go ahead and wash the window. I ain't got a lot, but here's what I got. Hey, man, God bless you. Hey, man, it'll change the way you think about people, it'll change the way we treat people. Amen, when we do that in our lives, we understand truly who they are. I've got to move on. Let's talk about the restoration of the image of God. We're done. First of all, Jesus is the perfect image of God. In Colossians chapter number 1, verse 15, Colossians 1 and 15, the Bible says this. Speaking of Jesus, Paul the writer here says, Jesus, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature you see jesus is the model jesus is the pattern jesus is the perfect image of the invisible god because jesus is god amen he was in the beginning we've already gone through that we've already talked about that and it may you know if you say well i mean to be in the image of god and to be in the likeness of god amen with him as the as the pattern is him as the model that we're supposed to be following amen doesn't it seem like that's an impossible task and the answer is yes in ourselves it's completely impossible for me to live up to the idea of being created in the image and the likeness of God. But through Jesus, the image of God is in the process of being restored in us. Jesus is described in the Bible as the second Adam. The first Adam we know, he was in the garden, he failed, he sinned, right? So the first Adam sinned, the second Adam, Jesus, was sinless perfection. The first Adam brought sin into the world. The second Adam, Jesus, brought redemption into the world. The first Adam caused the image of God in us to be distorted. It's like looking through that mirror at the funhouse or whatever the case may be, and we're just a, a distorted image. We're not reflecting it I mean, perfectly in the way that we should. However, the second Adam, Jesus, is in the process of restoring the image of God in us through the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And there is going to come a day, y'all. Amen. I say, y'all, I did. Amen. Amen. This one ain't going out on, this one ain't going out on uh, TV, so I can say y'all. Y'all still say that down here, right? We say it in Alabama. Amen. There is coming a day where we are going to receive that glorified body we talked about earlier. We're going to be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. The writer says in one place, it does not yet appear what we shall be. But when we shall see him, we shall be like him because we'll see him as he is. In other words, there's going to be a change that takes place in our lives that transfers us from this old sinful, fleshly, carnal body and mind. Amen. And that soul, that immortal soul that we talked about, amen, is going to be united with a glorified body that's going to match Amen, just the perfection, amen, that is in God and in Christ Jesus. And none of us going to be God, but we're going to be like him in the way that he originally created us. In the beginning, the Garden of Eden restored 
It, but it's going to be great. Let me say this. It's going to be like the restoration of the Garden of Eden. It's going to be perfect. No sin, no sickness, no death, no this, no that, no the other, right? No problems, no, no issues, no crying, no tears, no nothing. But that place I believe that God has prepared for us is even greater than what we read about in the Garden of Eden. He's got a place that's more perfect. A place where his presence just doesn't come down in the cool of the day and walk with Adam. But a place where his presence is there perpetually for eternity. And we are in his presence, amen, for eternity, amen. In every single moment of our lives, amen, we are just, amen, just immersed in the power and the glory and the majesty of God Almighty. Amen. But until then, we are trapped in these physical, mortal, sinful bodies and minds. Amen. And the image of God that is in us and ourselves has been distorted. But Jesus Christ, through what he has did at the cross of Calvary, through the blood that he shed there on Calvary's cross, has gained us back access. We talked about it last week. Amen. We, we got to the scripture and talked about, I don't know if I had it, amen, this week or not. If I skipped over it, I'm sorry. I hadn't yet. Amen. If you get 2 Corinthians 3 and 18, amen, if I gave you that one, amen, throw it up there. 2 Corinthians 3 and 18. We read this last week. We talked about the story of how uh, Moses, when he went up on the mountain, when he came back down, the glory of God was so much on his face, I mean, that his face shone from being in the presence of God. And he had to put on a veil because the people were scared to death of him. Like, man, we don't want to look at you. As Paul writes this, I mean, he's talking about how, I mean, even today, even now, in a spiritual sense, people's hearts and minds are blinded by the veil because they're not able to see Christ in the scriptures. But when the Lord comes in, he reveals it unto them. And the veil is taken away. And we see God more clearly. How? Through the power of the Holy Spirit that is in our lives. That is working in us. Can I use the word sanctification? Amen. That is sanctifying us. Setting us apart. Making us an instrument that, is, that can be used for God's glory. Making us a vessel of honor and not of dishonor. Amen. It is something that is changing within us from the moment we're saved until the moment we die or go in the rapture. There's going to be a sanctification process that is ongoing. Now, I believe there should be a sanctification process when you get up from that altar or a place I mean, of repentance and God changes some things in your life, there's some instantaneous sanctification that takes place. But I'm going to be honest with you. When I got up from, amen, confessing my sins before the Lord, amen, I wasn't perfect and neither were you. And I am being conformed into the image of his son, Jesus Christ, through the working of the Holy Spirit in my life. And so Paul writes here, he says, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass and as in a mirror, the glory of of God are changed into the same image image of what the image of God from glory to glory even as by the spirit of the Lord what is it that's going to transform my life amen and, and restore amen the image of God that is in me what is it going to amen be in my life that's going to give me amen the character and be a reflector of the character of God amen in life amen his love his mercy his grace his patience uh, amen all of those things amen what is it going to be that's going to make me a reflector of his glory what is it going to be amen that's going to make me a representative or an ambassador amen of Christ Jesus that when I go out into the world amen I'm not a distorted uh, amen view of what God is or what Jesus is uh, that I'm a correct reflection, uh, amen, of his goodness and mercy and grace and love in my life. What is it going to be, amen, that's going to take me from who I was, uh, amen, to who he's making me to be, uh, amen, it's none other, amen, than the Holy Ghost uh, and the Holy Spirit in our lives uh, that can change every single one of us that are here today. Stand to your feet if you're able to stand. Hallelujah. What can take away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can restore the image of God, amen, that has been distorted in my life? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. It's a powerful statement today. Amen. I think, amen, there's a lot of people, I'm sure, appreciate this a whole lot better. I made, I fumbled through it this morning, amen, but I hope you know and understand that the image of God, this idea of the image of God is extremely important in our lives. It's important for us personally. 
to understand who I am, that I'm not a mistake, that I have value, that I'm loved, that there is a creator God in heaven that cares about the innermost details of my life, that created me fearfully and wonderfully, that moved, amen, just like he did upon, amen, we read this, uh, this wonderful poetic uh, description of how God, uh, his Holy Spirit hovering over the waters and how he formed, amen, the universe and the planet and all of these things. But I want you to know this, that God, I believe, takes time for every single person and individually <laughs> creates them, amen, with this image of him implanted down inside of our hearts. Sin gets in the way, and it distorts the image. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of Jesus Christ and what he has done for us, he can restore that image that has been lost inside of us. I'm not going to be perfect on this side of heaven, and neither are you. But it's not going to stop me from trying. I heard an amen, I heard an oh me. The oh me might have come from me. Amen. I'm going to say that again. I'm not going to be perfect on this side of heaven, but that is not going to stop me from trying. It's not going to stop me from trying to reflect God's goodness, His mercy, and grace. It's not going to stop me from trying to be His representative in the way that I should be. When I go out there, you understand, when we say being an ambassador of Christ, you know what an ambassador is, right? Ambassador is somebody who goes to another country. Let's say they leave the United States and they go to China. And they are the ambassador of the United States in China. What are they doing? What's their role? Represent. Represent, right? Y'all y'all knew what that meant. <laughs> Represent whatever the president or the king or the ruler says when the ambassador goes, he only says what he's been told to say. He represents the morals, the values, the ideas, whatever the case may be, of the country that he is representing. When you and I, amen, get the message from God in his word, it is our responsibility, I gotta go back over here, when, they go, when we go out into the world, is to reflect as well as we can, as well as we can, the goodness, the morals, the values, the, the character, amen, of the God, the King of kings and Lord of lords who has sent us out, uh, amen, into that world. Why? Because here's the problem. If I go over here and say, you know, I'm hooked up with the king, you know, Christian, here's a guy, got a t-shirt, see it? Got a cross on it. And I go out here into the world, I don't know why, I hope nobody comes and sits on this pew and thinks that I just... Said whoever sits here is worldly. Amen. But this is just the world today. And I go out over here and I don't act anything like the king. I don't reflect his morals. I don't reflect his values. I don't reflect his character. I don't represent him in any way. Do I have any influence? Hmm. What kind of influence? I got the wrong kind of influence, right? Because let me say this. When you go out into the world, there are tens of thousands and millions of people in this area, amen, who never darken the door of a church, who never open a Bible and read it. And for some people, you are the only Jesus they are going to see. And when I come over here, and I act nothing like the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. His character is not reflected in my life. Yeah, I got influence. I got the wrong influence. Because when they should be seeing the reflection of God's glory in my life, amen, what they see is, can I just say it plainly, is a hypocrite. I know we're not using that word, but all a hypocrite means is a pretender. I'm not an ambassador. I'm a pretender. Right? Because I can, I can do it on Sunday morning when everybody's watching. Amen? But when I go out there and the people that need me are actually watching, 
The ones that need to see Jesus in my life, that need to see a reflection of his glory, that need to, amen, have the power of Jesus Christ reflect through my life, amen, and touch their hearts and their lives. Because I'm the only Jesus that they're going to see. I'm the only Bible that they're going to read. Amen. When I do that, I'm allowing that sinful nature still to continue on in my life and distort the image of God that is inside of me. It is my responsibility as a child of God. I'm not even talking about my responsibility as a pastor this morning. Amen. The Bible's clear about those things as well. I'll preach on me one day. <laughs> Amen. It's my responsibility as a child of God to represent the King of kings and Lord of lords no matter where I go and what I do. Let me ask you the question this morning. I'm going to say it like this. I heard, a, I heard another pastor say it this way, and I'm going I'm to use his... Uh, I'm going to use his, his line this morning. Amen. You have been made in the image and the likeness of God. Now act like it. Amen. Act like it. Amen. Not just on Sunday mornings. Not just in front of me. Not just in front of, amen, the, the rest of the people in the church this morning. Amen. Be the image of God today. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning. I'm done. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, thank you, and praise you, glorify and honor you, God, today. We thank you, first of all, God, that we are made in your image and in your likeness, God, that we're unique. Every single one of us, God, we're just hand, handmade and hand-formed, God, fearfully and wonderfully, God, by your love and by your grace and by your mercy. And that every single one of us that are here today, God, have intrinsic value, God. We have value in us, uh, not because of who we are, but because of who you are and what you've done for us in our lives, God. And we come to you humbly and we come to you with meekness, God, and with reverence, God, and with respect, to God. But we also come knowing, God, that we are children of Almighty God, that we are, amen, your followers, God, that we are your disciples, God, today, God, and we know, God, and understand, God, that there is a, a responsibility, God, with this authority that you've placed upon us, amen, with the image of God upon our lives, God, there's a great responsibility, God, for us, God, to, to correctly, God, Lord, reflect your glory, your character, your morals, your values, those things, God, Lord, that you placed upon, uh, God, our hearts and our lives through the power of the Holy Spirit, God, what's written in your holy word, God, today. God, that we would be, God, the character, God, that we should be. We'd be the reflector, God, that we should be. We'd be, the God, the representative, the ambassadors, God, Lord, that we should be, God, this morning. God, as I said this, God, to this congregation this morning, I say it to myself. I am made in the image of God. Now act like it. God, it's my responsibility, God, to go out of this world, God, and be that reflector, God, that you would have me to be.